Now on view at SCAD Fash, Manish Aurora's Life is Beautiful. Renowned for dazzling designs and a rainbow of colors, Manish Aurora has brought the talent and craftsmanship of India's rich sartorial history to the global forefront, earning international acclaim on runways across three continents. Designing in India since the 1990s, Aurora's glittering garments celebrate extravagant expressions of self through varied materials, techniques, and silhouettes in a triumphant union of Western and Eastern aesthetics adapted to today's multicultural society with a touch of humor. Find out more at scadfash.org. Support for WABE comes from 100 Miles, a nonprofit committed to preserving Georgia's 100-mile coast. Protecting this critical coastal ecosystem takes all of us. Watch the stories of the innovators and future leaders who help keep our coast flowing at OurGeorgiaCoast.org. From WABE in Atlanta, this is City Lights. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for listening. The phrase, good things come in small packages, certainly applies to an event this weekend in the northern part of Atlanta. Big Path Tiny Park celebrates public art, and highlights the importance of green spaces. Later this hour, we'll hear about tiny parks, 14 by 18 inches, that will be on display along Path 400, a walkable, bikeable greenway adjacent to Georgia 400. Time, a powerful new documentary by Garrett Bradley premieres today. The story follows one woman's heroic efforts to help free her husband from the infamous Louisiana State Penitentiary. I'll talk with the director and the couple featured in the film. First, this is our fall membership drive. You value the independent, unbiased news you hear on WABE, the extensive coverage we bring you of arts and culture, so we need you to do your part and make a donation right now. We rely on listeners like you because 84% of our funding comes from this community. So please join other sustaining members of WABE with a gift of $15 a month. Just click the Donate button at wabe.org or call 678-553-9090. I'm joined this hour by John Haas, our Director of Radio and Television. Hey, Lois, how are you doing today? You know, right now in this hour, we're talking directly to you because we need you to give. And that's because we know you appreciate WABE. One way to show how much you value the station, become a sustaining member. That's when you set up a monthly gift of, say, $15 a month. It allows us to have a better sense of what money we can rely on. And you'll be satisfied knowing that you're constantly supporting WABE. So become a sustaining member today by visiting wabe.org slash donate 
or pick up the phone and call 678-553-9090. My name is Teresa Brown, and I live in the Kirkwood neighborhood. NPR has been a part of my life for 30 years, but it has been a part of my son's lives for all of their lives. They are 13 and 11, and they know the shows. Um, They know the personalities. I hear them talk about it when I'm not present, when I'm in another room. And that really means a lot to me because it is a station that I feel proud of and that is exposing them to information that they may not be getting in other places. Teresa from Kirkwood, thank you. And maybe you feel the same. This is a safe place that allows your kids to get news that feeds understanding. We always enjoy featuring young voices on City Lights. I know we have a lot of young listeners, and we love featuring books by young adult authors, as well as picture books and storybooks. Because you value WABE, we are asking for your help. Please think about what you can afford. Maybe that's $15 a month. Then donate at wabe.org. You've been listening to WABE for some time now, and you've heard our fundraising campaigns, and you probably thought, yeah, I really should give something back to WABE. So now is the time to do it. We all understand the value of separating luxuries from necessities and deciding what's truly essential. I would say, in fact, I know WABE is one of those essentials. We provide in-depth, intelligent news that you can count on. But sometimes you need a break, and City Lights gives you that much-needed respite. But here's the thing. Without your financial support, We won't have the money to pay for shows like City Lights. That's why we need you to become a member right now at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. With a new sustaining gift of $10 a month, we'd like to send you a thank you gift. It's the WABE Dry Fit Baseball Cap. This adjustable hat is frost gray and features the WABE logo embroidered on the front with our slogan, where ATL meets NPR on the back. The WABE baseball cap is yours with a monthly gift of $10 or with a single gift of $120. Please make your first ever donation this fall at wabe.org or call 678-553-9090. Thank you. We need your support and we know you value WABE. We know you appreciate City Lights. So please take the time to donate right now. It's an exciting feeling to know you've made a difference. Go to wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Thanks so much. When Sybil Richardson was incarcerated, she prayed that after her release, God would enable her to use her voice for the voiceless. Sybil Richardson's story is told now in a stunning documentary by Garrett Bradley. The director and Ms. Richardson, who goes by Fox Rich, and her husband, Robert Rich, are with us now via Zoom. Welcome to City Lights. 
Oh, thank you, Louis. Thank you for having us. Yes, indeed. Well, the movie was so marvelous, and it's so emotional going through it. I, I, I felt like a, I, I was watching a suspense movie in some ways. <laughs> I'm eager to know how the film came about. Garrett, how did you and Fox meet? I had been making a film called Alone, which was a short 13-minute op-doc, and I had initially kind of conceived of that film as being a series of intergenerational conversations with uh, specifically women who were in incarcerated families. Um, and I had contacted an organization called Flick, Friends and Families of Louisiana's Incarcerated Children. And Gina Womack, who is the um, co-founder and director of that organization, picked up. And she said, the first person you have to speak with is Fox Rich. And Fox was incredibly kind in inviting us to their home. And she very briefly is in alone and makes a really vivid um, connection between slavery and the prison industrial complex. Um, and Fox certainly can speak to it in her own experience as well, but it really became sort of a joining of our efforts. Um, I had been trying to think about how could the conversation around incarceration from a familial standpoint uh, be continued. Um, and I felt it was really important to, to try to think about how uh, I could make sort of a sister film to alone, you know, that would, that would again, um, sort of extend that conversation in a unique way, in a way that was unique uh, completely to Fox uh, and Robert and to the Richardson family's story. Well, it is astonishing from the standpoint of family stability and love, which never ends and comes through it in every frame. We should let our listeners know Rob was incarcerated with an absolutely mind-boggling 60-year sentence for an armed robbery in which no one was hurt. Fox had a 12-year sentence because she entered a plea bargain. You talk about the prison industrial complex, Garrett. The title of the movie, Time, is something I was hoping all three of you could talk about because it takes place over the course of 20 years, and yet what must that have seemed like for all of you? Um, when I uh, had an opportunity to be with Garrett for Alone, the project Alone, uh, it was during the time when I had been watching 12 Years a Slave and the scene where he is um, tapping his feet in the mud and, and hanging on for dear life from the tree. So resonated to me what I was experiencing with incarceration. And at that time, I, I came to the realization that they are still lynching us. Just instead of doing it with trees, they're doing it with time. And, and I shared that thought um, as it had unfolded in alone. And, and so being able to have planted the, the seed of time, what time looks like, what time does, and then to have a, an artist like Garrett manifest time in the form of time, the movie. Hmm, what else can I say? <laughs> you said a lot. In fact, in the movie, your, your mother, Fox, is depicted with her comments on the sentence and the ridiculousness of it being akin to slavery. 
what does it take to break down this injustice? Love, Lois. Love is the most divine chemical in the universe and it dissolves everything that is not of itself. When we love each other and love all of humanity equally, then we treat it a certain kind of way. And when love is present, all of the hate and harm that is being caused, it just, it wouldn't exist. The only way that Rob and I could make it through the pits of hell and our family in one piece was through the power of love. It heals, it it helps, it restores. And um, it's just everything that I've, I've been able to find the best thing in life. And I think that if our lawmakers and our leadership had uh, a love for justice, um, I truly believe that uh, we could easily uh, fix a lot of what's wrong simply by taking away the, uh, the power that allows us to do it in our uh, constitutions, both to the uh, United States as well as to our individual states. There's a clause in all of those constitutions that allow for slavery when someone commits an offense. So if we are no longer a slave state or a slave country, then all, that we, ha all we have to do is simply take it out of our constitution. There's, there's, uh, there's other ways to punish people. Garrett, why did you choose to shoot the movie in black and white? Yeah, so the choice of black and white was really an extension of thinking about some of the aesthetic choices working through the archive, which is in beautiful color and different variations of color and has a very different type of materiality. And, um, you know, we did play around for a moment of it being color, but ultimately I felt it was really important that there was a sort of linearity, a certain type of uh, visual um, fluidity that would also then allow us to bounce around in time without necessarily feeling uh, time in texture, you know? I think it kind of creates a type of uniformity. Yeah, it, it, it is not linear or chronological, um, which made me wonder, did you, Fox, save all of that archival footage? You and Rob had had all of those videos from early on? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and so much more. As a matter of fact, uh, one of my sons was asking this morning, how did uh, their dad and I communicate when I was in prison and he was in prison? And I said, you know, we wrote letters for, you know, the, that two and a half year time frame. And um, she's like, he was like, you, and what happened to those letters? You still have them? And I'm like, yes, I still have every <laughs> last letter. So, yes, <laughs> we got quite a bit of an archive. Director Garrett Bradley with Fox and Rob Rich, the wife and husband from the documentary Time. We'll be back with more of that conversation after a short break. You're listening to City Lights on WABE Atlanta. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. You love free. 
And at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. You are listening to City Lights here on 90.1 WABE. Hi, I'm Lois Reitzes, and this is our fall membership drive. You might be wondering, why does WABE still fundraise this way? Well, here's why. We need your help. And this is the most effective and efficient way to ask for your donation. We cannot do this without you. 84% of our funding comes from Metro Atlanta, and a majority of that is money we raise through member drives like this. We get very little federal funding, about 10%, and no funding from the state of Georgia. So please help us out and become a sustaining member at $15 a month. Call 678-553-9090 or go to wabe.org. I'm joined this hour by John Haas, our Director of Radio and Television. Hi, John. Hey, Lois. And, you know, you're absolutely right because... You give, you, the listener, you give because you appreciate and value WABE. And even if you've never donated before, that's okay. But let's change the equation right now because we need your help too. It's a challenging time, but Lois has been cranking along, putting out city lights every day from her home studio. And when I say home studio, I mean her kitchen table. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Have I been cranky at my kitchen table, John? You've been a delight, Lois. You have just handled this situation so well. And (laughs) I'm just so impressed with your professionalism and your hard work. I know it actually is so much harder to do every little task. So you and your team, Summer Evans, Ryan McFadden, are working even extra hard to bring listeners the content they want every day that arts and culture information that is so valuable to our lives. It helps enrich and and kind of gives us a nice respite from the day. Well, we are so grateful to be able to continue bringing our show into listeners' homes. And the thing is, though, we can only do that when you donate. So now is the time. Now's the time to show up and show out for Lois. We need you to show how much you value the station and how much you value City Lights. And if you've never become a member, become a first-time member today. Visit wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Thanks. Hey, it's Elsa Chang from NPR. Donating to this station makes a big difference. But it doesn't have to be a big decision. It can be a spur of the moment kind of thing. Think of all the random stuff that you own. Clothes worn once or gadgets you never even figured out how to use. All paid for. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Contribute right now and thank you. 
Yeah, please do give right now at wabe.org slash donate. How long have you been saying to yourself, one day I'll donate to WABE? Well, now's your chance to go for it. It doesn't take long, and you'll feel good knowing that you are helping bring public radio to the entire Atlanta community. As Elsa said, it only takes a moment. Just visit wabe.org or call us at 678-553-9090. What makes a WABE listener want to become a WABE member? It's a sense of social responsibility. Many who make their first ever gift tell us they view WABE as a shared resource. I think that's really important, a shared resource. And today we ask that you consider the value of what you receive for WABE, not just for yourself, but for the entire community. So please put a little something back in and help everyone, pay it forward. With a monthly donation of $15, you can become a sustaining member and your gift keeps on giving for as long as you'd like. The whole process to donate just takes a few minutes. So do your part today. Donate online at wabe.org or call 678-553-9090. When you give to WABE at $10 a month, we'd like to thank you with our brand new Forever I Love Atlanta 14-ounce mug designed by Atlanta artist India Nabara. We wanted to make something fun while staying authentic to our city, of course. So I made sure to include stuff like late night waffles, street art, and nature. To receive the new Forever I Love Atlanta mug, please make your first donation this fall at $10 a month or give a single gift of $120. Online at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Thank you. We need your support. We know you value WABE, so please take the time to donate right now. And trust me, that mug you just heard about is so cool. Iconic images from all over Atlanta capturing our history on a mug. You can get it by going to wabe.org slash donate or calling 678-553-9090. Thanks so much. Now, Let's return to more of my conversation with Garrett Bradley, the director of the new documentary, Time, and Fox and Rob Rich, the wife and husband whose story is the subject of the film. The music is fantastic. Garrett, who is that pianist? Where did that come from? (laughs) <laughs> she is a goddess. It, um, so she goes by Emma Hoy, and she is a 96-year-old Ethiopian nun who is still alive in Ethiopia. Um, and I actually came, I mean, here's an example of how the algorithm is, is exciting, actually, and not scary. That's a whole other conversation. But uh, I was on YouTube, and I had all these 1970s Ethiopian playlists that I was listening to, and the algorithm, you know, proposed Emahoy and it just popped up on my thread and it was sort of just divine timing like so many things on this project and um I loved the music I you know when we put it to picture Gabe Rhodes and I was the film's editor it there wasn't a single uh track on that album that didn't feel like it so perfectly spoke to 
just the fluidity and love and grace of the story and of the family. Um, and then when I uh, started to, to learn more about who Emma Hoy was in her own right as a woman, she, you know, came from a wealthy family in Ethiopia, became a prisoner of war, was classically trained in Western music and was considered a prodigy and had an opportunity to, you know, become a, a famous pianist and chose instead to go back to Ethiopia and essentially create her own genre of music that has, I think, real blending of different cultures within it. And she recorded one album, which is the album that is in the film, uh, in 1963 for the purpose of raising money for an orphanage. Um, and so I, I, you know, in addition to just loving the music and feeling like it fit for so many reasons, I also really love the idea of bringing Emma Hoy and the family together, you know, in time and space. I was curious about another aspect of the filming, Garrett. The shots of Angola prison are almost beautiful. The way the shots are framed, the focal point placed on the white church. How do you turn such a horrible place into something of beauty? Mm. I think that the reason that it was really important to um, to document the prison, you know, for, for a few reasons. One, you know, I believe very firmly, and I think Fox and Robert speak to this as well, is that part of the unfortunate power of the system is the erasure of it. You know, when you think about Angola, that was a that was a space of several different plantations that were consolidated into one plantation that were named after the country in which people who were enslaved came from and then turned into a prison and i believe it's roughly 18,000 acres of land so we could only get a fraction of what that actually was so this idea of of optics and being able to see things in order for change to happen is so crucial. It's part of why people went out in the streets and protested during the Vietnam War, because for the first time they could see in the news what was happening. Can we talk about the scenes with justice and freedom with your sons, Fox and Rob, both as children, and <laughs> could they be more adorable? Oh my goodness, right? And they are still so adorable. They, you know, I think Rob and I really gave birth to ourselves with the energy that those two have since they were born. They just can't stay away from each other. They are total opposites that are close as they can be. So much like us. Well, the names you chose certainly are um, appropriate for what you wish for them in life. And I was particularly captivated by your son's role in student government. Would you talk about that scene on the debate team he was participating in? Yes, yes. Freedom and Justice um, worked two years, their ninth and tenth grade year with me helping with the car dealership. And then they got their um, tested out of high school and started at Tulane. And then Freedom was able to secure a um, merit scholarship over at Loyola as soon as he got there. I mean, he's uh, actually his first office that Freedom <laughs> ran for. Maybe he had to tell him. The very first office Freedom ran for was when he was five years old. Strangely enough, it was a um, it was the kitty corner, which is a uh, which was one of my jobs that I was tasked with doing uh, in the prison, where I would basically be responsible for entertaining the children that were visiting loved ones at the prison. So uh, we had to issue out coloring books and all types of toys to kind of keep kids busy and you know kind of keep them going. 
uh, Freedom saw a need to be able to um, organize the Kitty Corner in such a way that he felt that it needed a president. Uh, he felt that it, <laughs> it needed several other things, a sergeant in arms and so forth. So at any rate, he, uh, he staged an election among all of the kids that were visiting that day in the prison. And uh, they all voted him in to uh, be president of the Kitty Corner, hence uh, his, first, uh, his first post. First, first, first elected office. <laughs> Fox, the scene where you are repeatedly calling to find out if there has been a ruling, if the judge has granted, was this for parole or dismissal? It was for a district court matter we had before the courts trying to get them to understand the um, going back on post-conviction relief, but it was pertaining to us, them, them readdressing Rob's sentence. And um, so calling over and over again and having to go back through them, trying to get them to look at it again, when they refused to, I'd have to tell you, it was really disparaging. I had hoped that the judge over the matter would have used it as an opportunity to correct a wrong that had been done in that court before he took the bench. And instead, he was more concerned about optics uh, instead of, you know, being, you know, not wanting to be seen doing the right thing. And yet you maintained your patience. You were gracious. I mean, I would have been screaming my head. <laughs> of course, you can imagine how far that would have gotten. <laughs> Yeah, Fox, yes, you? Because, look, Lois, you had the privilege to scream. When someone is holding your loved one's life in the balance, you better hold your tongue in, in, in the midst of your teeth till they bleed if you have to. But, you know, we just had so much riding on the line um, um, with them having Rob's livelihood in their hands. You had to be very cautious. And yet that level of pressure and and tension never seem to have interfered with your raising these fabulous kids. You you went on to have your own car dealership. <laughs> it was just a little car lot, Miss Lois. <laughs> so don't go making me feel like it was something, something more. It was a way to feed our family and keep my schedule flexible so that I could be the only parent at the PTA meet. No, I could be the only parent on the field trip. You had your own business. How did you maintain your sanity, much less stability during that, the family stability? Uh, I just think that the whole idea of, of getting to what I want, not, not necessarily focusing on what I was doing that day, not focus on, focusing on this moment, but more so of what I wanted to make realized, uh, as Garrett Bradley calls me, I am quite the manifester. <laughs> <laughs> and so to get through the pains of today, I just kept thinking of what I was working to manifest and I knew that it was all worth it. And um, I would just have to share with, with the City Lights uh, audience that everything that I thought bringing my husband back home to our family family and to our six sons, everything that I had hoped it would be, Ms. Lois, is that and so, so very much more. Can you tell us what it was like to see your children that first day? <laughs> it was surreal. Um, it was magical. Um, it was the, um, 
how do you say um it was uh a thought made manifest yeah freedom <laughs> fainted in his father's <laughs> arms in the dental office and it was just, you know, really one. I mean, just when he laid eyes on his father, he was at the orthodontics and we popped up and surprised him. And even though he knew he was on his way, none of us knew when. And so for his dad to walk in, his mouth dropped and he literally fainted in his dad's arms crying. So, you know, um, just to, like I said, to be able to give him back. <laughs> and, and you said something at the end, Rob, that I was hoping you would share with our audience. You have an acronym for love. Yes. <laughs> that acronym is life's only valid expression because no matter what situation that we find ourselves in, I think that if we approach the situation with love, we've already won. Um, that was something uh, that I had to learn early on, even inside of prison walls, is that if I was going to wake up every day and uh, address my, uh, my issues with anger and other uh, negative emotions, then uh, I was going to bury myself further into, uh, into the bowels of the prison. But I knew that if I would be able to address those situations with love, as uh, Joseph did when uh, he was waiting on the king to acknowledge that he had been wrongly accused and uh, placed in a jail cell. Uh, it was the same patience and uh, love, I think, that Nelson Mandela had to address his situation uh, when his uh, family was restricted from being able to see him. Um, but it was love that, uh, that I think helped get them through, and I knew that it had to be love that was going to get Fox and I through this situation as well. So um, that, that was how I approached uh, every single moment. What actually led to your parole, finally? to a reduction in your sentence. No reduction in sentence, Ms. Lloyd. Ms. Lloyd, we are still a slave to the state of Louisiana. They did, oh, really? They did not commute his sentence. They just uh, accelerated his release. And so Robert still has 40 years on parole. So the fight continues. So the fight continues. That'll be <laughs> Garrett Bradley's Times 2 documentary. <laughs> Garrett, it is so important that you made this film and I hope it inspires action, activism so desperately needed in our country. I must say, Fox and Rob, you are extraordinary in, in your grace and in your example. Thank you so very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Garrett Bradley is the director of the new documentary, Time, with Fox and Rob Rich, the couple whose story is the film subject. Time begins streaming on Amazon Prime Video today. The film is also showing in Atlanta's landmark Midtown Art Cinema and the Spring Cinema and Tap House. The phrase, good things come in small packages, certainly applies to an event this weekend in the northern part of Atlanta. Big Path Tiny Parks is a collaboration of Livable Buckhead and Tiny Doors ATL. 
Anna Sharp is the Community Engagement Manager at Livable Buckhead. She joins us now via Zoom with the artist Karen Anderson Singer, the creator of Tiny Doors ATL. Welcome to City Lights. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us, Lois. Always a pleasure. Now, Anna. Livable Buckhead is a nonprofit organization. What does it do for the community? So we are a sustainability nonprofit. Um, our mission is rooted in mobility options for commuters, um, and that sparked awareness for the need for more green space here in Buckhead. So our Path 400 project and the parks that uh, we have been a part of in the Buckhead Collection are all part of our mission to bring um, healthy green space um, and mobility options to uh, the Buckhead community. And for people who may not be familiar with the neighborhood, where does Buckhead start and where does Path 400 begin? So Buckhead is actually much larger than people uh, assume. It's 26 square miles, but we are hyper-focused in the Buckhead core. So uh, Lenox Road, exit two off of 400 uh, is kind of where we're located. And then Path 400 is a 5.2 walking biking trail um, that will connect into the Atlanta Beltline um, at Armour Yards. And then going north to Sandy Springs, the city of Sandy Springs will actually pick it up two miles north past 285. So um, we are a vital kind of connectivity uh, for the northern section of Atlanta. Um, and when we're finally completed, I think that we're going to be um, an asset for uh, getting around Atlanta, not in your car. Karen, how did the partnership between Tiny Doors ATL and Livable Blackhead come about? So it was really fun to hear from Anna. What's been really unique about the the time that we're living in is that people are reaching out for different reasons and Anna approached with this idea of you know what can we do we can't go as big as we normally do we can't do these parking spots but how can we still do parking day can you help us shrink it but still have impact and it was an honor to be asked that question because I think about that all day how do I shrink things and still <laughs> have impact? So that's how it came about. We went through lots of different iterations of how it could work because to my knowledge, this has never been done where multiple people make miniatures. Usually I'm making the miniatures that go out in public. So this was a fun trust exercise to teach people how to do it and see what they come up with. Anna, would you please describe the Big Path Tiny Parks project? So Big Path Tiny Parks is a three-day community art installation along Path 400 and Buckhead. Um, we have over 40 miniature parks, and by miniature, I mean 14 inches by 18 inches uh, models that range in movies at the park to exact replicas of Marie Sims Park and everything in between for the types of parks that have been built by our partners. And each of our individual parks have a soundscape that's been designed by our DJ, Mike Zarin. Um, so 
there's a witch's playground that will have some very unique uh, witch's cauldron uh, and children playing soundscapes that kind of give an immersion experience. Um, and it, it will be a long past 400, so there's an ability to have that social distancing um, experience. And I'll also note that uh, we will be hosting a virtual ability to tour our parks um, through high fidelity. So it'll be a link that you can virtually tour Pass 400 and see, view, and listen to our parks um, from the comfort of your own home if you don't feel comfortable being out on Pass 400. Karen, how did you work with the teams to help them create these miniature parks? Sure. So it was really fun to work with Livable Buckhead. Um, Anna moderated a really fun Zoom meeting where we all got together and they people, the different companies and entities that are making tiny parks had questions. And I tried to show them strategies, simple strategies on how to mix gray paint and sand to get faux concrete. And things like that. So, you know, we went from really simple to the super detailed on how they can create parks. You know, most of these people aren't experienced with miniatures, but they do have fantastic imaginations. So I tried to, you know, help them springboard. Anna, who are some of the groups creating these miniature parks? Our parks really run the gamut. We have local parks like the Blue Heron Nature Preserve and Cobb County Parks uh, who have built these miniature spaces. Uh, we even have students from the Galloway sixth grade class who have also built miniature parks. So it's a wide range of people that we partner with here in Buckhead or who heard about this event and wanted to be a part of it. You mentioned the Witches Cauldron. What are some other themes that are being depicted in the use of public green space here? So we have a hipster picnic, a health fair day uh, with Susan G. Komen, um, movie night on the green, and then uh, replicas of many of our local parks, Alice in Wonderland themed. Um, we have a playground that was built entirely out of a LaCroix can, and it looks amazing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, absolutely. And then we have tree houses, holidays in Buckhead. Um, E.T. even makes a, uh, uh, made an entrance in one of our parks. Um, so it really runs a gamut. I think my favorite one might be one of our, our tree houses. And REI created uh, a rock climbing wall uh, with camping, and uh, it just goes the full gamut on on what our parks have uh, created. It's just fun to see uh, the creativity and the amount of work that went into all of these. I can imagine. Now, you mentioned a virtual event. Living Buckhead is holding a virtual event to showcase the tiny parks. How will viewers be able to see them online? So, uh, you're able to view the, the virtual space by going to our website, livablebuckhead.com slash tinyparks. You can also get that from, from our homepage. Um, and it's just a quick link from there. You don't have to download anything. And it brings you to a website called High Fidelity that's hosting this platform. Um, and it's a virtual space, kind of like if you were playing a video game. The spatial audio in it allows for you to... Lois, you and I could go walk past 400 virtually together and talk about the parks as we uh, 
virtually walk and see them. You can click on the parks and then the audio uh, that's uh, scannable at the actual event, you'll be able to listen to in your own home. How can people vote on their favorite parks? Voting is available through that uh, immersion experience on High Fidelity through our, our website. And then if you come in person to our event, uh, we just, it's a touchless event. So everything is scannable QR codes. Um, you use your iPhone or Android with your photo or your camera app, you scan the QR code and then it'll bring you to the page to vote. Um, and we've got five very fun, uh, interesting categories to vote for. So uh, the novice, the uh, best overall. Uh, we also required each of our parks to incorporate a element of sustainability of recycling or reused items. So you'll be able to vote on your most creative reuse. And then we also have what's the element you'd like to see most on Path 400, which we're excited to maybe uh, look at installing if it's not the beer garden, um, that is. <laughs> Well, that was my next question. Might any of these tiny parks become life-sized versions? Well, I will say tiny parks, as Karen alluded to earlier, uh, is derived from our annual event called Parking Day. Um, and this project is uh, that's hosted annually around the world where people take over parking spaces and turn them into temporary art installations. So, uh, I am hopeful that in the future, some of these tiny parks grow again. And then um, I think that there's a lot of inspiration on what can be brought to Path 400 to Buckhead. And um, I hope to see some of this come to reality one day. So we'll have to see. Some of the creativity might surpass our, uh, our, our design and engineering abilities, I'd have to say. <laughs> Karen, the pandemic has not slowed down your creativity. I think when we last spoke, you were offering sidewalk chalk competitions and working with a very creative teacher on putting together lesson plans. I read that you are also part of another art initiative with Atlantic Station. Would you tell us about the Unity Art Exhibition and your new Tiny Door Reveal that is happening today? So I'm really excited for the reveal today for Tiny Door 21. It's new and because it includes an element that I have never done before, which is an entire skyline of Atlanta. So you'll be able to pick out different buildings that you know and have visited and maybe some you hadn't thought about the shape of before. It's been really, really fun to do that. And it's in the Atlantic Station green space, which they just opened up and it's super, it's a really nice and safe place to distance and enjoy yourself. Can't wait to see it. Anna, in addition to exhibiting this wonderful artwork, why did Livable Buckhead want to create these miniature parks? I think, as I mentioned earlier, everything with COVID-19 has been, um, it's been weighty on, on everyone. It's, it's disrupted our regular uh, sense of self and, and life. And we're hopeful that this activation um, brings a little joy, um, encourages people to get outside, uh, to, to walk the path, to be healthy, um, to view Path 400 as a connectivity piece. And, um, yeah, bring a little happiness when um, 
so often it feels like we have uh, negative things to surrounding us. So uh, that's kind of our, our hope is um, celebrate public art and the value of community parks and green space. All great things with a lot of whimsy and delight thrown in. Anna Sharp, Karen Anderson Singer, this has been wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you so much. It's an honor. Absolutely. I'll second that. Thank you, Lois, so much. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see everyone out at Tiny, Tiny Parks this weekend. Anna Sharp, Community Engagement Manager at Livable Buckhead, and Karen Anderson Singer, the artist and founder of Tiny Doors ATL. Big Path Tiny Parks will be on display along Path 400 in Buckhead through Sunday. You can also view the Tiny Parks virtually. More information will be on our website, wabe.org slash City Lights. The way to support the quality programming you just heard is by donating to WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes. It's our fall member tribe, and we're asking you, our devoted listeners, to become WABE members. Your sustaining gift of $15 a month protects our editorial independence and allows us to tell Atlanta's stories, arts and culture stories. Maybe you didn't know this, but 84% of our funding comes from the Atlanta area. We rely on this community, and that's why we need your help. Please become a sustaining member by calling 678-553-9090 or clicking the Donate button at wabe.org. I'm joined this hour by our Director of Radio and Television, John Haas. Hey, Lois. And right now in this hour, we're asking you to give, because you appreciate and value WABE, and because you love Lois. You love her interviews with everyone from singer Michael Stipe to comedian Louis Black to local filmmaker Christina Yoon. One way to show how much you value City Lights is to become a sustaining member. When you set up a monthly gift, say $15 a month, it allows us to have a better sense of what money we can rely on. And you'll be satisfied knowing that you're constantly supporting WABE. So become a sustaining member today, right now by visiting wabe.org or pick up the phone and call 678-553-9090. My name is Sam Nums and I live in Lawrenceville. I chose to pledge to WABE because even though I work two jobs and I don't have a lot of money to spend on uh, luxuries, it is something that helps me get through my day, keeps me educated when I talk to other people, and uh, I felt it was worth it. If I could say anything, it would just be, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you, Sam from Lawrenceville. He clearly finds value in WABE. What about you? Why do you listen day after day? Because you value programs like City Lights, why not support it? We rely on listeners like you. Please play your part by donating at wabe.org. How about $15 a month? 
that breaks down to less than 50 cents a day, and it really helps us out. If you can donate more, great. If you want to become a first-ever donor at $5 a month, that's great, too. Just go to wabe.org slash donate. Thanks. Whether you're a first-time WABE member or you've given in the past, consider becoming a WABE sustaining member. That means you give a little bit each month, and you'll never need to worry when your membership expires. To become a sustaining member, think about how much WABE is worth to you. Then put a price to that. Our average gift is $15 a month, but donate what you can afford. The important part, and the really important part, I have to stress this, is just that you become a WABE member. It can be $5 a month. It can be $2 a month. Again, $15 is the average gift. If you can afford to give more, please do that as well. It only takes a couple minutes to make your donation. So please call 678-553-9090 or go to wabe.org slash donate. When you support WABE with a monthly sustaining gift of $10 a month, we'll say thank you with two pairs of WABE socks. Choose from two designs, the red, black, and white microphone socks or I Love WABE socks. Keep your feet warm while standing in support of WABE. Please make your first ever donation this fall at $10 a month or with a single gift of $120 at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Thank you. We need your support. We know you value the station, so please take the time to donate to WABE right now. We work hard every day to bring you arts and culture programming that enriches your life. Now we need you to help us out. Make a gift right now at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Thanks so much. You've been listening to City Lights, our daily exploration of Atlanta Arts and Cultural Life. We'll be back Monday at 11 a.m. with public radio favorite Roman Mars, the host of 99% Invisible. He'll tell us about his new book, The 99% Invisible City. Our theme music is the first time written and performed by Joe Granston with his jazz band. Special thanks to Hot Shoe Records. Summer Evans and Ryan McFadden are City Lights producers. Kevin Rinker is our engineer. And I'm Lois Reitzes. Thanks for listening to member-supported WABE. At Lattice Choice for NPR. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Have you donated to WABE yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. 
You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Visit wabe.org donate and become a member right now. And thank you.